mean, I didn't need to start Judo Bank in my mid-50s. And, I, and I, I felt that if I didn't do something like building Judo, then life would be full of regrets. That was Joseph Healy, the co-founder and co-CEO of Judo Bank, a new lender that's here to make sure small and medium businesses get access to the cash they need to grow. And Joseph has backbone. G'day everyone, I'm David Boyer. I'm the founder and managing director of SQL CFO and Backbone is brought to you by Joseph's company, Judo Bank. In this episode, Joseph will talk to you about why his values and his passion are completely aligned with those of the company that he founded and why having the right team that's full of diversity is critical. I hope you enjoy the show. To stay up to date with the latest stories, head to www.backbonepodcast.com.au and sign up for our newsletter. Joining us today is Joseph Healy, the co-CEO and co-founder of Australia's newest fully licensed business bank, Judo Bank. Joseph, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Good morning. It's exciting to be in a new bank. Congratulations. Well, thank you. And it's exciting to be in business, uh, particularly in business where you have a big responsibility for the success of the business. It, it feels like your own business. And in many ways, I, look, I and my colleagues look at Judo as, as it is, as if it was our own business. In fact, it is our business. So it's a great time to be in business, and it's particularly a great time to be in the business of banking. There's a lot going on in the banking at the moment, but before we get to that, I want to talk a bit about yourself. So you've, you're an interesting guy. You've, you've, got a, you've got an accent that people like listening to. I've interviewed you before, and the feedback's always, I could listen to Joseph for hours. That's nice. <laughs> so you've come, you've, you've come from, from foreign shores, yeah. and you've risen to very senior executive banking positions in Australia, NAB most prominently. EGM business banking, is that right? Yeah, group executives. Group executives. That's above EGM. Yes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that doesn't mean the role. But now you've started your own business. Yes. Now, it's a business that most of the listeners can't start. Most people can't start a bank. Mm-hmm. Why do it? Well, that's a great question. What drives you to do um, it? It's a great question. I mean, I'm a career banker, so I've been over coming up for 35 years in the in, in the banking industry, I'm passionate about banking. I see banking as serving a real, an important purpose in society when it's done well. Now, I say when it's done well because the reality, of course, is that if you ask the majority of business owners in Australia, they will say that the banking system or the banking industry isn't working for them. It's not, it's not giving them the respect and the attention that they should rightly expect from the banking industry. So having been passionate about banking and having spent my career in six different banks and different markets and having got, run a big part of the, of the NAB for seven years, um, my knowledge of the industry was very deep. And, and my purpose, my sense of passion, I should say, uh, only got stronger over the years. At the same time, my frustration got stronger. And the frustration got stronger because I just felt that the banks were letting the customers down. And some listeners might say, well, this is coming from a guy who was running a big part of the bank. It's your fault. <laughs> and it's your fault. Well, of course, there's an element of truth in that. Um, but of course, banks, the, the major banks are big machines with competing pressures on investment 
and in, in technology and in, in, in terms of strategy. And I felt that the small to mid-sized business community in Australia was being taken for granted by the banks. And eventually when I, when I left um, NAB, uh, I left with a strong desire to build, be part of building a, a new bank that only focused on small to mid-sized businesses and did small to mid-sized business banking the way that it should be done. And so that was really the motivation. I mean, I didn't need to start Dural Bank in my mid-50s. Uh, I could have done a whole range of other things. Um, I could have stayed in the large corporate world and, and earned uh, you know, an attractive salary. But for me, I saw that the small to mid-sized business community was not being served well. I was passionate about and I'm passionate about the small to mid-sized business community. And I, and I felt that if I didn't do something like building Juro, then life would be full of regrets. Yeah, I think that's something a lot of us can relate to. I mean, it's, it's almost the, the privileged few who actually get to chase a dream these days. Is there? You mentioned about purpose, though. Is there a difference between Joseph Healy's purpose and Judo Bank's purpose? No, they're 100% aligned. I mean, to be successful in business, particularly a, a, a business as complex as banking, you have to be uh, fully aligned with what you're trying to do in the business. So the, the personal values, the philosophy that you have, the passion that you have for, for business, um, for the business community, uh, that has to be reflected in the way that you run the organization. Otherwise, the motivation and the stamina and the resilience to make this successful simply won't be there. I mean, starting a new bank from a PowerPoint into what we have today is a very hard work. It's the hardest I've worked in 35 years. <laughs> and, you know, and I can relate to small businesses because in the early stages of developing Judo, you know, we would look at our cash balance in the bank and we look at our payroll. And there were a couple of times early on where it was not clear how we were going to meet next month's payroll. Now, for someone who sat at the top of large banks for a number of, for a quite a long part of his career, that was never something I had to worry about. <laughs> there's literally a vault to make but, payroll. <laughs> there's, there, there, yeah, there's, but there, so there was a big difference. But you, to, to, to work through those challenges, to deal with some of the risks that you face, to deal with the complexity that you have to manage, you have to be driven with a strong sense of purpose and a, and a work ethic that that mean that involves rolling your sleeves up and, and getting on with it and saying that no matter what's going to happen here, there will be dark days and there'll be days and weeks where you feel as if you're in a dark, dark tunnel with no light at the end. But that's where that's where your personal makeup, your stamina, resilience and, and vision um, are so important. And a lot of us are brought up to, you know, to believe what we see. You know, if I if I see it, I will believe it. Whereas when you're building a new business, you've got to you've got to you've got to see what you believe. In other words, you you've got to have a vision for what it's going to look like, and see that and see that before it's tangible to you. And building Judah was very much like that. You've got to have you've got to surround yourself with good people. I mean, building any business can be very lonely if you're on your own. Uh, having good people working with you who've got a common sense of purpose makes the job a lot easier. You, you had a benefit because of your career. You could argue this was like the only thing that you should have started because of your background. Mm -hmm. 
but you had the ability to, to know who the talent was, who yes. wanted to work with. But when you're building a team, there are, even in a small team, there are competing passions. Yes. So that there are people who whose passion isn't necessarily Joseph's 100%. The broad end result may be, but the way to get there is very different. Yes. Is it your, is it the person at the top, is it the business owner's job, the primary job, to align that, to get everybody on exactly the same page, or can you have some variance? Well, I think it's, I think it's really important. If you, if you use the analogy of a, of a foodie team or any sort of team, people have got to be uh, aligned, they've got to complement each other. You have different players in different parts of the park with different skills and, and different experiences, um, but there has to be a glue that binds them together. And that glue is is all about the purpose. But why are we in business? What What is the reason for our existence? And what is it we are seeking to build? And, and I think that common vision is very, very important. And I, you, you can deal with all sorts of different skills, experiences, and personal traits. There's, diversity is a wonderful thing. But what you can't have are people, again, using... Foodie is an example. You can't have people operating in a way that's inconsistent with the, 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 what you're looking to achieve in the business or in the team. So I, I personally, um, I'm a great believer in delegating and letting people get on with things. I'm not a micromanager. But, but to do that, they have to be fully aligned with the four key values that define Judo Bank. And that first value is around trust. That you, you come you come to work with colleagues and you're going in position is I trust you. I trust you to do what you're supposed to do, and I trust you to be a team player. So the second value is our teamwork. And the third is our accountability. That you you know, you've got a job. Uh, I'm gonna give you the space and the freedom to get on with your job. I'm not gonna be checking in on you every five minutes, but I'm gonna hold you accountable for doing what you said you would do. And then ultimately, there's a performance value that we, in, in business, you have to perform in order to succeed. Uh, you know, when you're starting a new business, the, the biggest priority often is survival. But when you get past that survival stage, then the focus has got to be on how do you succeed as a business. And so those four values around trust and teamwork and accountability and performance are non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. You would have banked billions of dollars worth of loans over your career, maybe even tens of millions of dollars. Yeah. What's your favourite story of a business you, you put money into? Well, I mean, I tens of billions would be about the right number. I mean, I actually, I, before answering that question, I, I was speaking to some um, university graduates about six months ago about my experiences in banking. And I prior to the date, prior to... And talking to them, I, I did a quick calculation on the amount of lending that I had done that had gone wrong, <laughs> where the bank had lost money. And I stopped counting at $600 million. Now, some people might say, well, I think you should keep that fact pretty quiet. <laughs> but, you know, my point is that, that, that when you're in the business of banking, when you're in any business, over an extended period of time, not everything goes your way. And, and banking is about risk. It's about taking sensible risks. And over time, you're going to lose, you're going to lose some, but hopefully you're, going to, you're not going to lose too many. 
So $600 million is how much money I've been involved, lost as a lender over 30 odd years. It's probably a bit higher than six. I stopped counting at 600. In terms, my, my, my favorite story is, was, is not one that I was directly involved in, but it's one that I, I know the people who were involved. And it, it actually dates back to the early 60s when, uh, and, and it involves Frank Lowy in Westfield, and most people will know the great the story of uh, Frank and, and how he and his partner, John Saunders, built the Westfield Empire. But back in the early 60s, uh, Frank and John were banking at NAB in, in, in Bankstown in Western Sydney. And they had acquired uh, some premises um, and other pre- another premises became available in the same arcade and it made sense for them to to buy those premises and expand. But at that time, the bank head office felt that, that the business was borrowing too much too, too quickly and therefore said, come back in six months' time. But the local bank manager believed passionately in what Frank and John were doing. And he wrote them his own personal check so that they could buy the premises next door. And he was refunded six months months later. Now, if a banker did that today, he he or she would lose their job. But, But the most important thing in that story for me is that you had a banker who believed passionately in the business and he knew the business and he knew the people. The faceless bankers in the head office environment who said no were looking at some numbers and not looking at the character or the quality of the entrepreneurs. Now, the reason why I tell this story time and time and time again is that whilst I don't want judo bankers writing their personal check for a business, I do want them to be passionate about business. And I want them to be passionate in convincing judo to lend to that business as if it were their own money. And this comes back to being strongly aligned with the with what you're doing rather than being a small cog in a big wheel, actually being a significant part of a business that has a strong sense of purpose. We want to build Judo Bank into being the best SME business bank in Australia, known for service, known for, known for a deep knowledge of how small to mid-sized businesses work and for looking after them. I heard a great story recently. We have a really interesting moment in Australia where you've got a lot of new businesses starting and doing well, both online and offline, but also you've got transitioning businesses, generational change, mm-hmm. baby boomers um, selling out or selling down, yep. and family members having generational change in the leadership of their businesses. Yep. I heard this great story about a business that um, had a valuation of $6 million. The vendor, had the purchaser had two mil. And Judo came to the party with four million bucks on the balance sheet that the, the business was selling. Yep. So Judo just a hundred percent backed the business, backed the people that did the deal. I was a damn banker for three years at the time that you were there. I, th- I think I was about thirty rungs below you on the, <laughs> on the reporting uh, on the reporting framework. But we would I, I, my credit would have I would have lost credibility if I put in that deal up to credit. And you guys did. Because you're doing transactions like that, what do you think the, the biggest, the frustrations that business owners have with their banks? Are they deserved? Are they real? Yes, there's no, there's no question that they are real. Um, and, and, and it goes back to the reason why we set Judo up, because we felt that the banking system was failing 
the bit the small and mid-sized business community. Now, the reason, and without getting overly technical, there are there are factors that have caused this to happen. The first factor is what I describe as the industrialization of the banking model. So banks have sought to standardize, automate, centralize, and basically take a cookie-cutter approach that if you don't fit the system, then you get rejected by the system. The second thing is that the banks have become so conditioned to looking at small to mid-sized businesses in terms of the security or the property that they have and will lend only where there is proper security. Now, that, that's been a trend that's been in the system for the last decade, if not longer. But it means that small to mid-sized businesses that either don't have property or don't want to put the family home on the line um, find it really difficult to access credit. A, a reason why the banks have... There's a whole range of reasons why the banks have got this um, bias towards uh, property, particularly when it comes to lending to the SMEs, um, that we felt was a totally inappropriate approach. You know, and you may have heard me talk in the past about the four C's of banking, and this is religious inside Judo Bank. Uh, the first of those four C's is the character the integrity and the reputation of the, of the small business owners. What is their character? What is their track record in running a business? The second C is what is the capacity to service the debt? What's the cash flow to service and repay the debt? And the third C is capital. How much equity capital do they have in the business? So in the example you just gave, the owner put in two million and the bank put in four. And so you want to see the owner with some skin in the game, so to speak. And then the fourth C is collateral or security. Now, the sequence or the order of those four Cs is very, very important to us at Juro because we know that the banking industry actually goes straight to the last C and says, how much security have you got? It doesn't say, talk to me about your business. Talk to me about your plans. Talk to me about succession planning. How, how ready are the next generation to take over the business? What's their track record? If the next generation doesn't want to take over the business, what are the other options about selling the business? Or, or, you know, these are the sort of things that a judo banker will do day in and day out. And the last thing we want to know is how much security have you got? It's a totally inappropriate thing to ask anybody until you first understood what they're trying to do and why. Do you think that right now it's a good time to be a business owner in Australia? Where do you think the big opportunities are? I, I, I genuinely think it's a great time to be a small to mid-sized business owner. I, I think that, that the, whilst we're going through right now uh, a degree of volatility and uncertainty in the domestic and the global economy, there is no doubt that the future is going to be about small to mid-sized businesses. And whether those are online businesses or traditional brick-and-mortar businesses, whether they're service businesses or specialist manufacturing businesses. I think there's a great future in, in being a business owner. There's a great sense of freedom and pride. I mean, I get up and... I remember when I was working inside the large banks, you know, I had 6,500 staff, uh, and it, it, these were complex jobs. But you quite often get, get up in the morning and think, oh, gosh, another conference call with London and another meeting on this. 
And I always said to my to people that I know that if you find yourself waking up more than one morning a week, wishing that you could stay in bed a bit longer and not looking forward to the day, that is an early sign of a problem. And you don't want to live your life doing something that doesn't make you happy and fulfill you. Uh, when you're working for yourself, uh, as I feel as if I am now with my colleagues here at Juro, I can't wait to get out of bed. You know, I, I can't wait to get out of bed. You can make decisions quickly. You can get all, you can get things done very quickly. Um, you, you're working with people that you trust, and and and, uh, and and we're all aligned in what we're trying to do. And I think with any business, you need you need a passion. Whether you're 25 or 55, it doesn't matter. It's about passion. And if there's a passion there and a real sense of purpose, uh, you need a bit of luck as well, of course. I mean, when you think about Judo Bank, we could not have forecasted the Royal Commission mm. or the, uh, you know, the hostility that many in the, in the society have towards the major banks. When we were thinking about Judo three years ago, you could not have forecasted or assumed that to be the case. But that is the piece of luck that all businesses all, and all foodie teams need from time to time. The ball needs to bounce away. But of course, as the, as the one famous golfer once said, the harder I work, the luckier I get. Yeah. And so, so you have to be fit for the lucky opportunity and take it. It's a great Kevin Bartlett quote, uh, luck is when opportunity and preparation collide. Yes. It's one that I love. Joseph, thank you very much for joining us on the show this week. Been my pleasure. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.